this Friday, this is Wednesday, Thursday, this Friday, uh, there's a memorial service for Dwayne O'Neill. Dwayne, you, most of you probably never met him. Okay. Uh, he's been kind of housebound for the last many years. Um, they live with uh, John and Melissa and the boys. And, but he passed away. And the memorial service will be here Friday. Uh, details. 4.30, uh, time for fellowship and visitation. There's no viewing. He will be cremated. Uh, 5 o'clock, we'll be having a memorial service. And then afterwards, uh, everything will be here. Nothing will be at the funeral home. Everything will be here. Afterwards, we're going to provide a, a meal just for their family. They have people coming in from out of town and whatever. And, which leads me to the third slide. Help! We need help with the meal for the family. Uh, uh, you can see Linda, or you can tell me right afterwards. Uh, we need people to bring side dishes. Uh, the church, uh, the women's ministries always provides uh, chicken, uh, fried chicken for it. And, but we need side dishes and beverages and rolls, things like that. And then we also need hep. We need hep, uh, setting it out and cleaning it up. So if you can hep in any way, uh, let Linda know today or tell me and I'll tell her. Write it down, please. Write it down. Now I just want to have a disclaimer here. Don't anybody tell Bev that I'm not setting her dish out until later so that I can be sure and get some of those baked beans. Just saying. Last time I only got the scrapings from the edge. To die for those those big beans. Oh my goodness. My, 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 my. No, so. He's making cheese and potatoes this time. Patsy, you better be kidding me. Patsy, you better be kidding me. So, memorial service is when? Friday. Friday. Where? Right here at the church. Upstairs. And uh, then a meal for the family is following. It's not a church meal. It's just for the family area. But we need help. So if you can help us, we'd appreciate it. Well, now we're... Now we're ready. We're ready to go. We all right back there? Just a little clumsy. I've only misplaced my my coffee cup six times this morning.
two per book. I've done that since Genesis. It's a pattern. It's a pattern, Jim. We've been working on it since Genesis. And we're up we're up to Romans now. So we're trying to do two prayer principles per book. If I didn't, we you know, never mind. But uh, yes, Romans today. We're going to have a word of prayer and then we're going to get started in the book of Romans. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another time to gather together as your children, to study your word, to be blessed by your presence, to be encouraged by your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father, that as we encourage one another in the faith today, that you would show us something in your word that encourages us to pray and to pray more effectively. We ask, Father, your blessing upon our time today. We also pray for, uh, we pray right now for Sally, who's having cataract surgery this morning, that you would just make the procedure go smoothly, and she'd back, be back with us soon. We ask your touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So turn, if you would, please. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? Just died. And you got your cell phone turned off. Yeah, I got my cell phone turned off. You're not going to hear Indiana Jones today. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. We're not going to start there, but we're going to read there first, and we'll eventually get back there for one of the prayer principles. Romans chapter 10. Paul's letter to the Roman believers. Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse number 1, says this. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Amen. So we're going to get back to that portion, but we want to look at the background of, of the letter to the Roman church. And to do that, we, it takes a few more verses, but uh, turn to Romans chapter 1. Everybody turn there. And uh, what I'd like for us to do is to divide this up, because it's a lengthy passage. And how about if I get somebody to read verses 1 through 5? Who'll do verses 1 through 5? Okay, you got it. 1 through 5. Who'll do 6 through 12? I'll do it. 6 through 12. Okay. And then 12 through 17. Okay, Sean has got 12 through 17. And then we've got a lot of other verses to look at later. So let's start off Romans 1. 1 through whatever I said. 1 through 5. i got to write it down. Next okay, one, 1 through 5. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, Paul, to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, 
concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. You all. Y'all. Y'all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making a request that I even means that of any length I might have the press journey by the will of God to come along you. For I long to see you that I may impart on you for spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. That is, that I may be comfort together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And next. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I have often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel mm -hmm. of Christ. Amen. And it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness is, is the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah, some of the great verses of Scripture here. And uh, I need a volunteer. Can I get a volunteer? My coffee cup must have sprung a leak because it's empty. I'll put it up here if somebody's willing. Somebody's willing to get me a cup of coffee. Don't put anything in. Just coffee. Just black coffee. <laughs> We're looking at uh, the background of the letter to the Romans. And it's he's not writing it to everybody in Rome. He's writing it to Roman believers that are called, beloved in the faith, called to be saints. We're all called to be saints. Amen? Amen. We're all called. Oh, thank you, sister. Thank you. Blessings Amen. upon you. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, some days you, you desire coffee more than others. It's one of those days. Anybody have any idea uh, how there's no record that Paul had visited up to this point. Any idea how they became believers in Rome? I'll take that as a no. That's hard to say. We have no, we have no, we have no reference except this reference. I, 
I need somebody to read Acts 2, 7 through 11. Acts 2. Somebody back here had your hand up earlier. Okay, Becky's got it. Acts 2, 7 through 11. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to the other, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born?
and slice it through and gather up the wheat or the barley or whatever and leave the field take it back to the house either take it in a bundle or make a barley loaf or a loaf of bread out of it leave the harvest go to Jerusalem take that barley loaf or that sheaf of wheat and come for the feast of Pentecost first fruits and wave it before the Lord and say this is the first fruits of the harvest and pray to the Lord of the harvest that the harvest would begin. Duh! Makes no sense whatsoever until the day of Pentecost. And there they were when the day of Pentecost was finished up. Up on the Temple Mount, thousands upon thousands of Jews are gathered there. They've come from all over. You just read it. They've come from all over the, the world. And they're all there with either a sheaf of wheat or barley or a barley loaf. And they're waving it before the high priest up at the temple mount, right in front of the temple, praying to the Lord of the harvest, Lord, give us a harvest. Lord, give us a harvest. This is just the first fruits of the harvest. And while they're up waving this before the high priest and the, and the temple, on just a little bit over to the other side, in an upper chamber, there's 120 people that the Holy Ghost just came down. Hallelujah. And they, there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It's a room about this size, really. It's not that big. And cloven tongues like a fire sat upon each of them. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when they could handle it no more, they burst out of that upper room, went down the stairs, went out to the Temple Mount. And they began praising God in the language that they received from the Holy Spirit. And there were tens of thousands of people up there. There was just 120 over here. But the noise they made and the racket they brought out and the people said, what in the world is this? Those are just dumb Galileans. They're a bunch of hillbillies from up in Galilee. And yet we hear them from all over the world. We hear them praising God and speaking of the things of God in our own language and dialect. And that day, how many were saved? 3,000 people were saved that day. And then they went home. But they went home different. They went home. Many of them saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that anybody's been able to figure out how the gospel got back all the way to Rome. Mm -hmm. Jews that came for a celebration came back with something to celebrate. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo! This is that. 
This is that which was spoken by the prophet. They took the message home through the power of the Holy Spirit and, and they started off ministering to Jews in their synagogues and, and the Jews were getting saved and the gospel was spread and people were being born again filled with God's Holy Spirit in Rome. Rome was the capital of the Roman Empire. When you think of Rome, you think of a city today. But Rome was the capital city of the Roman Empire, which covered most of the Middle East at that time. And into Asia, Africa, Europe, all over the place was the Roman Empire. They're still uncovering things in Ireland, of all places, and Scotland, from the Roman occupation of that land. Hadrian's Wall is in England. Yeah. They, they've got all of these things. Rome was massive, huge. But this Rome, the city, was the capital of the Roman Empire. And in just that city, over a million people lived. The Roman Empire was polytheistic. What does that mean? Many gods. Many gods. Many, 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 many gods. Because when Rome conquered all of these places, they let them keep their gods, their false gods, and they just added to them. So before the Roman Empire, there was the Persian Empire, and then there was the uh, Macedonian Greek Empire and Egyptian empires and all of them had a plethora of gods. Hundreds and hundreds. And they let them keep them all. That's the way Rome was. What's one more? But they had a problem with the Jews. And then later the Christians. And Roman history tells us that they looped them together because they saw Christianity as just an outgrowth of Judaism. They looped them together. Because the Jews and the Christians believe there is but one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, one God. And there's no other name given among men by which no other name we're a worshiper of the one true God. Now, all of the plethora of religions and idols and gods that they had were just fine and dandy with the Roman Empire. Thousands of gods. When you take in all of the other cultures, they conquered. And also they added another one to it. The emperor was a god. There were temples. When we go, we were just talking earlier before class started about Caesarea Maritime where they discovered all of these things. They discovered the, uh, the temple to Caesar. To Caesar Augustus. As you're coming in on a ship, that's the first thing you'd see. The light from the altars in front of the temple to Caesar. 
So, there was emperor worship. And the Roman Empire only had one main rule about religions. You can worship as many gods as you want, but you cannot say there's only one god. Because that messed up everybody else. You can't say there's only one God. And when the Jews started proclaiming, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, it perked up the ears of the Roman leaders. And when Christians started to say, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to the Father except by Him. They had problems. They began to persecute the Jews slash Christians. And uh, let me give you a little bit of history of that. And this is all important in understanding the letter to the Roman believers. Polytheistic emperor worship. And so monotheism one God was not tolerated. They tolerate everything else except the one true God. You know, it sounds kind of like today, doesn't it? You know, you can worship any, any God you want. You can lift up anything you want. But when you start saying there's one way to heaven, then people start buckling and bucking against it. Monotheism was not tolerated and they began in various ways to persecute the Jews slash Christian Jews, Messianic Jews, who came back from, from the Feast of Pentecost with the Holy Ghost and were saved. They began to persecute in a variety of ways. The Jews and Christians, as I mentioned, were seen as one group to the Romans. They couldn't comprehend it. In 49 AD, which is about the timing of the letter to the Roman church, a little bit later, some suggest, but in 49 AD, Emperor Claudius, who himself was a god, he said, evicted every Jew and Christian from the city of Rome. You had to leave. You were not tolerated here. Now, they could be in other Roman cities, just not Rome. He purged all Jews, had to leave. And Christians were told to leave as well. Some did, some didn't. They decided to stay where they were and be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Do you know the name of two people in the Bible, who were evicted from Rome. Know their names? You should. Aquila and Priscilla. The scripture tells us that they were Jews who had been kicked out of Rome. And uh, they later met up with Paul and then later returned to Rome as a witness, and had a house church. So, Emperor Claudius 
49 AD, all Jews and Christians have to leave the city of Rome itself. Not the Roman Empire, but just the main million-person city. But many did not leave. And so there was persecution. It was illegal to live in the Roman capital after Claudius Domitian, he further persecuted the Jews slash Christians. They were allowed to come back, but they were restricted. There was restrictions. They had to live in a certain area. They were precluded from holding office for, from citizenship and the rights and privileges of that. You could deny them service. You could do anything you wanted to. And then following the mission, you have Nero. And the real persecution started. Under Nero, and this is the time of Paul's uh, letter back to back to the Roman believers. Nero rallied the Romans by hating the Jews. <coughs> Same thing that Hitler did. Yes. Same thing yes. that's been done in Persia back in in uh, Haman and and uh, all the rest. You rally support by finding somebody to hate. And that's how Hitler gained control of Europe, was by hatred of the Jews and persecution. Nero began to persecute them in a variety of ways. Uh, it was under Nero that you had the lions brought out. Under, under Nero, they, for sport, would either have gladiators, they started off with gladiators and sending Christians out and just getting sliced to pieces by the gladiators. Or used for target practice in archery competitions. If you got them in the head, you won. Nero also this was one of his epic things. He would host huge garden parties. He would dip Christians in oil, put them on a stake, tie them on a stake, and then light them to light his garden parties. And historians say that uh, they had to hold off the serving of the food until the screams died out. Burned alive. This is what's going on when this letter is being written. It's not just writing to, well, dear Trinity, hope you're having a good day. No. They're under persecution. And the church has gone underground. Literally underground. 
catacombs of Rome were burial places in caves underneath the area. And the Romans would not go down there. And so the Christians met there because it wasn't safe to sing praises and worship the Lord in public. It was in, it was in this time period throughout the Roman Empire, but especially in Rome, where the, the, the Christians would have to be very careful of who they let it be known that they were Christians. And they would develop the symbol of the fish. And what you would do is if if you thought you were talking with a with a believer, a Christian, you would make a half moon symbol. The Christian would complete it and make what looks to be a fish symbol. The word for fish in the Greek is ichthus. And the early church used it, A, because of Peter, the fisherman, catching fish. Ichthus, the letters in the Greek, they used it as an acrostic, Jesus Christ, Savior, Son of God. Ichthus. So, it was, they had to watch who they spoke to, who they acknowledged. If somebody did not complete that, you just walked away. You know. Uh, they had house churches. They couldn't publicly meet. The early church in Jerusalem met in Solomon's porch. They can't meet in a public place. They're meeting in their homes, and they're keeping, keeping it uh, in the catacombs. So look at... Everybody turn to Romans 16. Romans 16, beginning with verse 3. This is where Paul is kind of summing up some of the things from the letter. He's writing to the believers, but they cannot gather publicly to read this to everybody. Okay? They could be killed. They could be snuffed out. So, when he sends the letter to them, he's having them take personal greetings to specific believers. Okay? See the significance of it? I'm, I hope I'm not boring you. I'm trying to paint the picture here of this letter and the significance of it. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Apeneatus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. First person born in Achaia. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Hunia 
my countrymen, and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. And then I want you, since you have it there, to chapter 16, I didn't want to plague you. I'm sorry about the verses I gave Becky earlier. She, she had a few. But the, the rest of chapter 16 is nothing but those unpronounceable names. And the reason that they're there is because he has to send the letter to the churches and they circulate it one-on-one -on -one to brothers and sisters in the whole city. Take it to this person. Take it to that person. Take it to this home church. Because the church is under persecution. And uh, Rome was an evil place. An evil place. And, and yet, the church was there. You say, well, it must not have had much effect. Well, think about it. Roman Empire isn't that much anymore, is it? But the cause of Jesus Christ is worldwide. Amen. People are being born into the kingdom every day. Who won that battle? Who won that battle? We see that it was a non-public church. It was in hiding. They had to be very cautious of who they spoke to, how they presented themselves, because their lives were in jeopardy. We don't know what that's like. No. We do not have any clue of what that's like. We had, we, we had a, a bad boat turnout yesterday. But that ain't anything compared what's coming up to, to what they were going through. So our prayer emphasis, our first prayer emphasis today, praying for the persecuted church around the world. We have inconveniences here in America. But in other places, they have outright persecution. Outright persecution. You're just not going to see it on the news. Because that's... The news, I think, is in league with the persecution. They, they don't say anything about it. The persecuted church. We are told by Persecuted for Christ, a group that works with the persecuted church, the underground church and other places. Places where if you acknowledge you're a Christian, there are no laws to protect you. In Iran, there are no laws to protect you. They can do whatever they want. They can rob you. They can destroy your church building. Oh, yeah, you can have one. But there's no laws to protect you. Over 300 million believers today in the world are living under some form of persecution. 300 million believers under some form of persecution. 
Some worse than others. Some are just on kind of the, the Claudius level, just starting out. Some are under the Nero level. You see all the time of different uh, Muslim groups uh, killing whole schools full of Christian children. Nothing happens to them. Absolutely nothing happens to them. There's no accountability. They don't go looking for them because there's no law against killing Christians. So, can I get somebody to read Romans 1, 8 through 12? We'll do that. Okay.
Christopher and Carice grow. Uh, I got a letter from them. They're the children of people that were under my ministry when I was pastoring in Maslin, Ohio, years ago. I pastored their grandma and their dad and their mom. I married, performed the marriage ceremony for that, their parents, and now they are going to be missionaries in a place where they can't be called missionaries. Hoping to have them come and share with you. When they come, we won't be able to live stream that segment of the service for fear of their lives. So we need to pray for the persecuted church. Before I give my reasons and different ways that we can pray, what would be some of the reasons why we ought to adopt this prayer principle in our daily prayer life? Why should we pray for the persecuted church? Yeah. Because it could be coming to us next. Yeah, we might be somebody that needs that prayer in the not too distant future. Yes. Well, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah, to pray for for those that are in a war-torn situation and persecution. What, what are some other reasons why we ought to pray for the persecuted believers around the world? We don't know their names. They're part of our body. They're part of our body. How many of you know the names of every one of your relatives? Not me. I don't. You know. um, they're part of our family. We just haven't met them yet. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. And some are suffering. Years ago when I was in the Ukraine and ministering there, the, they were allowed to be born-again Christians there, but they're under governmental restrictions. Uh, they could not have a Bible college unless they were willing to print out all the names of their church members and submit it to the government. When I went there, I, I was greeted by, by the ministers that I was going to be teaching Bible classes to. And I reached out to shake hands and the, the head bishop went like this and my translator said, he, he cannot shake his, your hands. Every one of his hands, every bone in his hands have been <laughs> when they took him into prison. <clears throat> So we hugged and embraced. Greet one another with a holy kiss came to mind. Couldn't shake hands. It's too painful. Uh, they would allow them electricity only a, and water only a certain portion of the day. But they could not have Bible college there unless they submitted the names of their parishioners and they said we, we can't do that 
We know what happened to us. Every one of the pastors had been in prison. First what year would that have been? What? What year? That was in the early 80s. Early 80s. And uh, I would teach of an evening. I was teaching Berean Bible classes. And uh, I was teaching two different courses every evening during the week. And some of these people were riding their bikes 50, 75 miles to come to the classes, then going back because they had to work the next day. Jesus. Uh, just unbelievable. And I said, well, should I make the thing short? He says, they will be offended if you don't teach the whole time. They're counting on this. And at the end, we presented a Thompson Chain Bible in their language to them. And this is how they left the services. Hold it like this. How can we pray for the persecuted church? First of all, we need to pray for hope. It can be a pretty hopeless thing. I'm, how many of you sometimes you feel kind of hopeless in America? In the way things are going. How many can I get a witness you feel? Oh, my. You know. You know, I was, I was watching the news last night. They declared uh, that we'd lost the initiative uh, in about five minutes. You know, with 1% of the vote in it. You know, things are not looking good. You know, you can get discouraged. Think about... If your every move is monitored, they're trying to go after your kids to get to you. We need to pray for hope. Jot these verses down. Uh, we're, I'm running out of time, um, and I need to get to our second prayer principle as well. Ephesians 1, 15-19 talks about praying for the hope. Some, some of these people are running on fumes on hope because of their situations. Secondly, we need to pray that they would fully rely on God in their situation and not try to take matters into their own hands. We can, we can understand if they would, but if they're going to rely upon military force or revolts or whatever. Well, you saw the one years ago, the Tiananmen Square thing with China. They just run you over with a, with a tank. Okay. Uh, they need to rely on God, not upon earthly means to turn things around. Not to, not to try and do it in men's strength and men's, to fully rely on God. A third thing, a scripture for that is in 2 Corinthians 1, 7-11. We need to pray for them to fearlessly speak the truth. To not compromise their faith just to get along. That's something we need to pray about in America as well. Uh, people are compromising the truth to get along. To play nice. 
we need to pray for them to fearlessly speak the truth in love. To speak the truth in love. Another way that we're told to pray for the persecuted church, that their needs would be met. As I mentioned, there are financial issues for many persecuted believers. They are restricted from receiving what everyone else receives. In some cultures, they are they're at the back of the line. I'll give you an illustration. Once a month, we have the food distribution here, right? They only give us so much food. We give it out until it's all gone. Those who come late may not get any. In many of the persecuted countries, when there's bread lines and lines for other commodities, they're not permitted until the rest of their village has been served. And if there's anything left, that's the reason when we were in the Ukraine, they were out foraging for mushrooms and, and other things in the fields just to have something to eat. Mm. Yeah. You know what I've noticed here in the past few days? Just driving up and down the roads, especially on the weekend, there's people out of open food distribution out of their homes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I couldn't even believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've... we've We've run out of food the last, what, four or five months. They've taken us back to seven pallets. We used to have nine pallets of food. So a couple tons of food less. Uh, this month, let me put a plug in. We're going to get to give out. We have some non-perishables that were left over. Some. We have a lot of non-perishables <laughs> that were left over from the Seek and Save outreach. And uh, we're going to be given probably three or four bags each load to, to people. So that's going to be a blessing to many. Their needs to be met. Simple needs in the persecuted lands where they're, they're at the back of the line and there may not be enough for them to receive. They're restricted. It's getting bad. Pray that they have access to the Word of God, to the Bible. We take it for granted. I've got two here. I've got Bibles all over this room. How many of you have at least ten in your house? You know, we got them in the pews of the church. We've got them everywhere. We've got them stacked up. I, I told Sunday morning I got a very special gift this past week. Uh, last week I received R.J. Neal, uh, Bruno Gladkowski. Anybody remember Bruno? Uh, Bruno was interim pastor here for some time and uh, before we came. And uh, Bruno passed away this last year. He's a dear friend of mine. Dear friend of mine. And uh, R.J. showed up last week and said, Ken, uh, Grandma said that Bruno wanted you to have these. I have two of his Bibles. Um, with his notes in it. 
can't read them, but no, his <laughs> handwriting was atrocious. But uh, I can relate to that. But uh, they're very special to me, very special to me. Uh, there are places where the Word of God is very precious. It is hard to come by. There's some places uh, it's difficult to get a copy of God's Word. And that's the reason when we gave out those Thompson Change Bibles that People wouldn't even shake your hand on the way out. And, you know, they were holding on to it. Uh, some were looking for uh, ways to get a Bible. I know Gideon's has been trying to get Bibles in places it's difficult to get. And one of the stories from the Gideon's was that they had a butcher in uh, one of the persecuted countries where you were not allowed to own a Bible. And so the butcher had smuggled in, along with his meat, had smuggled in some Bibles. And he would take butcher paper and wrap the meat first. And then he would take pages in sequence of the Bible and wrap them around the outside and send them to Christian homes. Thank God. So they had copies of God's Word. Yes. <laughs> need to pray for them to have access to the Word of God. Word of God. We need to pray for them to have spiritual discernment. Have you ever had a person that you knew of that if you told them anything before you got out of the room, they were going to tell about 50 people. Any of you know some people like that? And, and you, how many of you know what it feels like to guard your words when you're with people like that, right? You just can't tell them anything. Even if you don't say anything, sometimes they lie and say you did. Yes. Can you imagine living in a society where everyone, anyone could be somebody who would turn you in for being a Christian. They need spiritual discernment to know who they can talk to and what they can talk to people about. Those are just some of the ways for us to pray for the persecuted church. Their physical needs and say, well, you know, what can we do? Can we send this? No. But we can send our undercover missionaries, they go in teaching English and they're willing to have them do that, uh, but they just can't be called ministers of the gospel or, or missionaries. They'll be kicked out as soon as they find out. Uh, so, but we need to pray for our missionaries in these persecuted countries, among persecuted Christians. We need to pray for the nameless people. But the good news is, God knows every name. And that's the reason it's so great. You can pray in the Spirit, and we don't, doesn't go through our what we know, it goes what the Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit makes intercession in words that we can't comprehend. He knows what's going on. We're praying directly to the Father, praying in the Spirit, as it were, 
And our understanding is unfruitful. We don't know. But God knows. Amen? That's the coolest, one of the coolest things. One of the coolest things. So, first prayer principle. Praying for the persecuted church. Um, all kinds of levels. There's Claudius levels. And then there's Nero levels of persecution right now, today, in our world. Uh, second, any thoughts, any other thing you want to share about this before we move to the second prayer principle we want to look at in the book of Romans? Anybody else? Anything you want to share? Anything heavy on your heart? It's a it's in the spiritual realm that the warfare is going on. Yeah. And we just enjoyed so much coming up to Camp Cyber and, and listening um, that morning. That was what he was talking about. It was a spiritual warfare. And uh, it, it's going on in our schools. It's going on. I 
how wicked, that's how wicked the left is. It's, uh, you know, like in the illustration of the young people and how hungry they are for the things of God, uh, there's some people that we will run into who have never been physically hungry. You will run into people who have never ever been really physically hungry. Oh, their stomach may have growled because they only had such and such for breakfast. Mm -hmm. But by and large, we're a land of plenty. Yes. And uh, it's hard to get hungry when you're full of other things. Mm -hmm. Like Linda and I will I'll go to the grocery store. It's always a bad mistake for me to go when I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Everything looks good. I'm about ready to bring a can opener, you know, and grab something. I'll walk by there. Oh my goodness, look. Oh, yes. And, and you know, it all looks so good when you're hungry. But the trick is go when you just had a big meal, is well, I guess I don't need that. Well, I probably don't need that. I probably don't need that. But what'd you get at the store? Well, there wasn't much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, there needs to be a, a spiritual hunger, you know, before we feast. Well, let, let's look at a second principle. The first prayer principle is and let me encourage you to make this a part of your daily prayer life. Praying for the persecuted church. Believers who are in situations where they cannot openly embrace and share their faith. Praying for their needs to be met. Praying for hope to stay there. That their hope is in Christ Jesus, not in other, other things. You're, you're so frustrated in America. Think how people in China are frustrated. Oh, wow. They have no say. Well, they have a say, but it'll be their, their last say. So, second prayer principle that we find, praying for the salvation of the Jews. Romans 10, 1-4 that we started off with. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Uh, we've addressed this before, but I hear it all the time from people who want to know better that Israel's saved because they're Jews. They're God's chosen people. Therefore, they're good to go. 10.1 tells me that's not true. Paul is burdened for his Jewish brothers and sisters who are not, not saved yet. They may be going through all the rituals and rites and feasts and festivals, but they're not saved because there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved except Jesus Christ. And Jewish people need a Savior. 
If you run into someone who suggests that is not true, that because they're Jews, they've got a special uh, get-out-of-hell-free card from God, that's just not true. It's not true. It's a demonic lie. It's a demonic lie to get you to not witness to the Jews. Uh, Jewish people need a Savior. Uh, we read in uh, Luke chapter 1, Verse 47, as Mary is praising God, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary needed a Savior. Uh, even the earthly mother of Jesus needed, yeah. Everybody needs a Savior. And the Jews need a Savior. I praise God we as a church were able to minister uh, to Rock of Israel this past couple weeks. They've been staying, several of them have been staying in the apartment. And I got some bling from my brother, uh, Robert Spector, the president of Rock of Israel, brought this to me Sunday morning. Uh, I'll pass it around if you'll be careful. <laughs> it's uh, taking the Ark of the Covenant with the priesthood, bearing it on their shoulders. Uh, could I assign somebody to carry this around rather than pass it? Would somebody be willing to come up and walk this around? Nobody. Bless her heart, 
You know, she is a phenomenal cook and has a servant's heart. And every time we do a, uh, a uh, Passover Seder, she loves to cook it. And it's just always a great blessing. Well, uh, they were hosting. Robert Spector said, would it be possible for us to use the church, uh, whatever you want to charge us, to use the church uh, on last Saturday for a national Jewish ministries fellowship gathering. Uh, Jewish ministers from all over the country are going to come together for training and whatever. And says, would it be possible? I says, of course, it's no charge. We want to bless the, the Jewish ministries. And he says, well, we, we're going to have like three meals. Could you recommend some local caterers? And I said, let me check. And I, I called Annette, and she said, oh, I'd love to. And so she single-handedly cooked and prepared for 30 rabbis, uh, Jewish leaders, and did the whole day's meals. And the rabbis were raving about the food. <laughs> what a blessing it was. One, one of the rabbis came up and called her to the Sisis. You can't tell anyone the brisket that you made is better than my wife's. <laughs> and she said, I've never made brisket before. <laughs> it was a God thing. But finding ways to bless Jewish ministries because Jews need to be saved. Amen. Jews need to be saved. And uh, the, the enemy, the devil, doesn't want us to reach out to the Jewish people. He wants us to believe the lie that they're already covered so that we won't reach them. Because Jews who meet Jesus as Messiah, as Savior, are turned on powerfully. Just look at the Apostle Paul. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was big time Jew. But when he got saved, he turned it all around, didn't he? Here's something to remember as you're praying for the Jewish people. The Jews, by and large, want a Messiah. What they need is a Savior. They want a Messiah. What they need is a Savior. Thank you, my brother. They want, when they were, Jesus was coming in on what we call Palm Sunday, they shouted Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us. And they wanted Jesus to save them from Rome and the oppression. But Jesus was coming to save them from their sin. To die on the cross. Yes, sir. You remember when Jesus was on the cross? What did he say to those who were mocking him and the Jews that were surrounded cursing and spitting at him? What, remember what Jesus Father, said? Well, if they're already saved, why do they need forgiveness? Huh? Huh? Well, the early church was primarily Jewish. Right. Who had given their hearts to Jesus. 
they recognized that their rules and rituals would not save them. The rules were God's schoolmaster to lead them to Christ. Jews want a Messiah, but what they need is a Savior. So we need to pray for Jews around about us. We have a large contingency of Jewish people here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, uh, it's been our, our privilege over the years when we've done a, a series of uh, things on Jewish uh, culture and uh, teachings like about the high priesthood and everything, that we've had Jews that would come or watch those things. So we're trying to touch those lives as well. And pray for the ministry of Rock of Israel as they're going to various situations around the country and uh, ministering to Jewish people. Right now, Robert Specter and his wife are in Poland ministering to Jews in Poland. And uh, so be praying for them as they travel. We're going to stop there today. Those two prayer principles are very important. To pray for the salvation of the Jew, and also to pray for the persecuted church. Prayer request that you have today. And then I want to play a song before we do Yes. Um, my two sisters, one's Chris and Brenda, and then Nella and uh, Carissa. They all need prayer. All need prayer. Okay. Yes. I'm on my prayer for Sophia again. Uh, she's just really starting to love Jesus. Mm. And she goes home um, with her mom, not much, she's mostly with me. But her mom lives with a lady that has a little girl who's a little older than Sophia. And Sophia, I guess, tried to witness to her. Oh, right. She said, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. And the little girl said, who's Jesus? Mm. And she said, well, the devil, that's the devil. She said, he wants to take you to hell. But yeah. Jesus wants to take you to heaven with him. Praise God. So, and I guess they scolded her for it. But <laughs> I called her back the next day. I said, well, what happened? And she told me the same thing. She tried to tell the little girl. She said she got time out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Great for Sophia. You don't know who Sophia is? She's about this tall. <laughs> yeah. Cutest little thing. Uh, we want to pray, continue to pray for Sally having the cataract surgery. And uh, those of you who have experienced that know it's more frustrating than anything else. And uh, so pray for her. Also, I've visited Naomi. Legamba is in uh, Grant Hospital. And uh, she had pneumonia. And then they found that she had some water around the heart, fluid around the heart, and congestive. Mm -hmm heart failure, and they're going to do a uh, heart cat either today or tomorrow. So be praying for her. Uh, many other people that we know of that need a healing touch from the Lord. We want to pray for our unsaved loved ones. We want to pray for the persecuted church around the world. 
want to pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters that they want a Messiah, but they need a Savior. Other prayer requests today. Yes. My daughter, Brittany, yesterday she was in just a little like vendor vendor. Somebody pulled out in front of her and she just barely hit him. Um, was a mother and her son, but her son was grown. Got out of the car, the son got out of the car, started punching Brittany's car, went around to the driver's side, tried to grab her out, and started shaking her and hitting her. Oh now she's she's okay. The police came and there was a witness and um, you know, I, I don't know she just didn't want to have to go to court. I don't know. Yeah. The the police, you know, encouraged her to press charges and just to, you know, just for her safety. Okay. okay. But just over nothing. Yep. Over nothing. We live in a hostile yes. time. Yes, we do. There's no filter to people. Yeah. A uh, piece of Jerusalem. Pray for uh, the shooting at 7:30 this morning on South High Street. Please come. I get together the police. One policeman is in critical condition. So, I mean, it's wide open. So it's a war zone. Columbus, a war zone here. Is your hand up, or you just? Oh, <laughs> oh I had yeah. another one. Um, my husband, Jack, I mean, he's okay, he's okay now with no restrictions, but Sunday, he had a mild stroke. Mm -hmm. He, it was just, just affected his tongue and his lip were numb, and um, we went to the hospital, and he just had, like they said, a pinpoint clot, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, it, you know, he did say his mouth and everything felt better today, um, but... Just that he would, you know, continue to recover. They said he'll probably be tired for you know, the rest of this week. But thank God, you know, Let's as go. soon as it was during, it was right before church. There, were, there was a lot of people standing in and praying for him, and I do believe the Lord touched him, and that's why, you know. But just, just pray for Jackie. Yes, prayer uh, for the family, my ex friend in Florida. Mother passed away. Okay. okay. Well, let me play this song, one of my favorites. Well, they're all my favorites. <laughs> I, I need to stop. It's another favorite. Uh, about the church, the Church of Jesus Christ around the world, Church Triumphant. <laughs> Church triumph. 
church is about. And now this whole ship's been through battles before.
Somebody need this out in prayer today or several somebodies. Let's pray over these matters. Let's pray for his church around yes. the world. Yes. Some under persecution. Some in popularity have compromised the message. Let's let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and mercy, Lord. We thank you for that name. That name we can stand on is like a rock, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We ask you to look at the church, Lord. Don't know you in spirit and truth. Look down on those who have been persecuted, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mighty God, we are a privileged people, yes, Lord, since we live in this nation. We thank you, we thank you. I ask you to look down upon the man of God under this assembly, touching from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Lord. Touch his lips, Lord, that the, the lips of that fire, Lord, that go out, Lord. Touch souls, Lord. Mighty God, we truly thank you that we do know you. We thank you for touching Sally, Lord. We thank you, dear Lord, for these other requests, Lord. We thank you for touching the policeman, Lord, and bringing him out of his dead, Lord, of the being shot. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your keeping hand about us, Lord. Surely it is your goodness and kindness of mercy, Lord, that we can stand when everything else seems to fail. We can stand on that precious yes, name, name, the name of all names. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God for Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we thank you for the river that flows. Yes. With them. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for your presence and yes. your spirit, Lord, that guides and Lord, we just praise you today. We just praise you today. Thank you for the privilege that we have. Yes. And, Lord, we pray for these that are not in a position where they can be encouraged, Lord, so they need your encouragement. Yes. We pray to just continue to strengthen and minister through us as we minister to our community, Lord. We just ask you that we would continue to strengthen. Lord, bless Pastor Caressa. She ministers to you, Lord, continue to encourage their hearts as they go uh, start a new year at school. Lord, I pray that you'll just protect them, be with them, and help them to minister. Yes. Lord, as your servant, we ask it in Jesus. Dear Jesus. 
Lord Jesus, we praise you today. We thank you for your healing power. Yes. yes. We pray, Father, for Jackie, continued touch upon him, upon Naomi, upon Sally, yes. Yes. And Dave Swiger, so many that need a touch from you. We pray for uh, Betty's sisters that yes. need yes. your intervention in their situation. Father God, we, we're thankful that you do not turn a deaf ear to our cry. Yes. Yes. That you yes. hear us. Jesus. That you are a prayer hearing and a prayer answering yes, God. Lord. Amen. We lift up our brothers and sisters yes. around the world. We don't know their name, but you know every name. You know every heart that has been turned to you. Every believer that may be going through persecution and rejection and strife. Father God, give them a hope that's beyond their situation. Give them boldness as you gave the early church. Give them the meeting of their needs. Send the word of God that they might have their own copy of the life-giving word of God. Give them discernment and give them wisdom in their communications. We pray, Father, that you would grant protection over them. Give them the courage to stand no matter what. We thank you, Father God, for our Jewish brothers and sisters that they want a Messiah, but they need a Savior. Father, we pray that you would give us opportunities through ministries of this church, but also through Rock of Israel and other ministries, that we can touch the Jewish people in our area for Jesus Christ, that they would come to know there is a Savior, and His name is Jesus. We pray, Father, for opportunities that we will have to impact our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we're excited about those opportunities that come our way. Help us to walk through those doors of opportunity and that lives would be touched and changed. We pray, Father, for those who came to the Seek and Save ministry. Give us opportunities, Father, to touch them with another opportunity to find Jesus. We pray your hand to be upon this whole day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Some of you heard, I got a call yesterday. Two more people have just joined the the trip out of Cleveland. And uh, so we're getting our number up there to a good number. And uh, still have a few of them. How is the Sarge? Sarge is still battling pneumonia and uh, a lot of other